Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. I'm extremely excited about this episode this week because the guest is Carson Druitt. I've been a fan of Carson's since, uh, basically, I've been a fan of Dark Souls. He was posting up these really incredible drawings of all of the Dark Souls characters, and I've been following him since then. Uh, Carson is a really nice guy. He's a fabulous artist. Please go into all of the links in the show notes and go check it out. Um, all of it is very, very good and very, very cool. And you can follow his stream and watch him draw that stuff live, which is even better. So with that, thanks and enjoy the episode. Actually, okay, so what happened for me was I was kind of late to the console game. Uh, I, I mean, I had a I had a PS1. I missed out on the PS2. But what actually got me to buy a PS3 was Dark Souls. Uh, it was Dark Souls, and it was uh, Shadow of the Colossus, the, uh, the, the, re, like the, the remaster for the PS3. So what happened was when Demon's Souls came out, there was, I think at the time of my friend, like me and my, my friend, we, we kind of were looking for a new RPG to play Mm -hmm. and we went to Blockbuster and we're just like, let's look at, let's look at something that we can play. And we saw Demon's Souls and we're like, well, what is this? It's got a hilarious title because <laughs> demons apost like apostrophe s souls, also plural. So, like, okay, let's check this out. But not only that, but it was like immersive RPG multiplayer thing, and we're like, oh, cool, we could play it together. We didn't really know what it was going to the structure or anything of what it was going to be. So, we rented it, went back to his place, we put it in the PS3. And we're just blown away. And we're playing this thing and we're like, man, this is so cool. You're just as vulnerable as everything else you're fighting. Like, they die in two hits, but so do I. And that's amazing. And it's not about hand-holding in any way. Like, it's great. This is incredible. This is such a great game. And we actually called some friends up, drove to their place to pick them up to drive them back to show them this game because they didn't have a car and we're just like you got to see this game I and they're like well that. i don't I know that idea. i don't want to yeah no it was great and so we like we brought them back and we're talking to them about the game and we hadn't even beat uh we were still in one one mm-hmm. we hadn't even beat the uh the Phalanx. Gosh, I'm Phalanx. Yes, sorry. I, my my memory for names is terrible. Yeah, don't but, absolutely. Yeah, don't so worry we about hadn't it. we hadn't even <laughs> okay. Yeah, we hadn't even beat the Phalanx yet, but we were just so in, like, just absolutely like we were absolutely just mesmerized by this game and the world, this dark fantasy setting, and. We're telling our friends about it, and one of my friends, he just interrupts me, and he's like, I feel like I'm at, like, a, 
like a developer showcase or something and you're showing off your game <laughs> like the way we were talking about it like you were at a booth at PAX and like in this yeah feature, like we were like <laughs> handing them the controller and being like all right so here's the primer for the game this is what it's about and these are the mechanics <laughs> it was yeah but so we and I think I stayed there all weekend we 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 played it all weekend and then I forgot about it. I forgot about it completely. Uh, not only that, but I didn't own a one. It was a rent. It was like a weekend rental. It was a two day rental. And two, I didn't own a PS3. So I completely forgot about Demon Souls. It fell off my radar until Dark Souls was announced on PS3. And I was like, oh, my God, this is that game. This is. This is uh this is that game again. And I oh and there's my alarm going off. <laughs> yeah, so like I was just blown away. I was like, wow, this is this is that game. This is the the uh the follow-up to that game, the spiritual successor to that game. And I got so excited and I was looking at the the stuff and I was talking to my brother-in-law about it because he was really excited about it too and he was like yeah i'm gonna i've got it uh i've got it pre-ordered for the xbox because that's what he had he had the uh was it the xbox 360 Mm -hmm. he's like yeah i have it pre-ordered for the uh for the 360 and literally that day i think we were talking about it in the car and i was like do you mind if we go to the store <laughs> and uh, and we stopped there and I pre-ordered it as well and then had the rest of my day and then later that day went back to the store because I couldn't stop thinking about it bought a PS3 and because it had maybe not just come out but it had only recently come out, purchased the Shadow of the Colossus H, like HD thing that they had put out. The for, first um, HD remaster now is what we yeah, can call it. Yeah, <laughs> the first one that was bundled with uh, Ico or mm-hmm, is that mm-hmm. how it's pronounced? Ico? So it was bundled with that and I picked that up. And yeah, so that was my, my first... PS3 was like my PS3 was purchased because of Dark Souls and maybe also because I wanted to play Shadow of the Colossus because again I didn't own a PS2 so yeah. so it was a kind of all new, an all new experience for you what was it about yeah. the the game do you think that that struck you so much I mean you, you mentioned the, the not hold hand, excuse me not holding hands um, thing where you know it's just kind of here's the game and you have to play it. Um, but was it the, do you think it was also like the world building? Because a lot of people, especially for that first world have um, in dark souls or demon souls have a lot of trouble, like coming to terms with the way that the combat works and they have a lot of difficulty with it, which I, which is why I think we get a lot of these games are impossible kind of, you know, commentary from it. I, I, I think I had maybe an hour of feeling like, Hey, this is jarring with demon souls and then 
the more I thought about it, the more I was like, these controls make sense. And they made sense to me because it was like, okay, shoulder buttons, left hand, right hand. You know, L1, light attack, L2, or sorry, not R1, light attack, R2, heavy attack. And it's on the right hand. It's the right-handed weapon. You know, you want to hold up your shield, it's L1, because your shield is in your left hand. And it just all made sense to me. And then the rest of it was kind of went with that. And especially with the the cardinal directions of the healing items and and different things like that. Like I felt like it just all made sense. So for me, I I was like, I understand how much you need to put into this game in terms of how you interact with things, how you use objects, and how you use your weapon, that these controls make sense. So for me, it was not an issue. Interesting. So you just kind of almost clicked with it right away. That's that's fascinating. I clicked, yeah, I did, I did. And then, I mean, again, it, it, there was a learning curve at the very beginning, control-wise, and then I understood the controls. And that makes so me, when uh, Dark Souls came out, I was like, oh, six, I, six I Six hours with... Uh, the Capra demon, not the Capra demon, six hours beating the Taurus demon in Dark Souls 1. Like, I feel really bad about that now. <laughs> no, no, well, hey, hey, no, that's not... <laughs> Understanding the controls and being good at the game are two very separate things. <laughs> I spent I spent about five hours in Undeadburg, and I think four of those hours was me throwing my corpse at the Taurus demon, so you're, you're fine. <laughs> That's, that's I remember cool. getting so frustrated that I had to like stand up and walk around for a bit because I was like, I can't handle this boss. And it's the first boss, <laughs> like the first real, real boss. boss. Yeah. And, and then I saw like the, well, I kept going up there and then I remember the plunging attack. Thing. I was like, Oh, maybe I could do a plunging attack here. And then that was my way of fighting. The thing was like triggering the fight and then running as fast as I could back going up the ladder and then hopefully like hand sweating the whole time. Like, oh my God. Okay. And then we're going to do a plunging attack. Oh, I missed. Oh shoot. And then I had to run all the way down the bridge to sort of get him away from the thing again. And then, and yeah, and that was pretty much it because I was like, I do barely any damage to this guy. So I feel like I just have to keep plunging attacking him. <laughs> you know, to win. And that maybe made the fight harder for me. But it was kind of ridiculous. But I had a lot of fun with it. And uh, and the accomplishment of beating that at the end, and everyone talks about that, is the, the satisfying feeling of, I killed this thing that was just, that I was, again, just literally throwing corpses at for hours. Yeah, it's a it's an it's extremely satisfactory feeling, and then like when you loot back, uh, like your second playthrough, or if you go through New Game Plus or whatever, and then you just like immediately kill that guy without dying once, without even having to do a punching mm-hmm. attack, right? Like that when you loot back around, you're like, oh, I, I know this now, I can just do it. 
that's that to me is even the more satisfactory experience because it's a it's a just a clear marker of how much you've progressed in, from be, the beginning of the game like oh yeah i've actually and as, as cheesy as it is to say this like the internet meme is but like i have actually gotten good like i have actually learned how to play this game to the best of my ability and that, i think that feels really satisfying in a way that a lot of games don't really give you nowadays like a lot of times it just it kind of feels like i'm playing the game but i'm not progressing my skills throughout the game if that makes sense mm-hmm well, that, that's the thing that I find really unique about Dark Souls is, yes, there's, there's the improving of your character. You have stats that you can throw points into, and that's cool. You can upgrade and become a better character, but Dark Souls, I don't think, has ever been about that in a way. It's always been about training the player to improve. And that's why I think everyone has their hardest and most memorable time with whatever game in the franchise that they played first. Because that's the one that trained them. They learned the mechanics. They learned the... Well, I mean, I guess everything is mechanics. It's just <laughs> they learned all of those mechanics and how to react to those mechanics. Mm-hmm. And, and learned how then, to deal with, like, so. encountering new mechanics, right? I think that's the most important thing right. of, uh, you know, not being overwhelmed or intimidated by the game. Like, knowing that, okay, if I learn this, that the game the game is trying to teach me something. Like, learning that lesson, I think, is is probably the most important thing that you could tell someone of Dark Souls. It's like, every time you die... You probably think that it's because you suck, but actually it's the game telling you that you need to block more or manage your stamina more or not run into a field with four dudes or maybe don't wake up the giant skeleton or, you know, (laughs) it's trying to teach you a lesson. (laughs) Yeah. And it's interesting because when you start to think of the game in that way, you realize, you see it, you see every lesson that the game is throwing at you and it's doing it not in a wall of text tutorial thing or some voiceover being like now remember when you see the boss doing this make sure you dodge <laughs> and there's none of that it's it's actually showing you and little things like that i remember reading a article about and i don't remember what the article was or where it was who published it or wrote it but it was about the how how do you call it there's a word for this it's the the way the way something organically teaches you something versus telling you what to do mm-hmm. it shows you how to do it so there are little things like they're overtly tutorial type things like the the signs on the ground that give you the move set, like the what buttons to press to do what. That's the most tutorial. Like if we if we put this on a sliding spectrum, you know, there's there's the most tutorial aspect is that. And as it conti- progresses, the next thing would be NPC ghosts, NPC phantoms that you see. A good example is in. Uh, the mountain play two one or whatever in, mm-hmm. in I don't remember demon souls yeah <laughs> yeah the the uh, the like 
Is it Archfang? Is where it Archfang the tunnel? Is that, is, that the, is that one of them? Archfang. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah, with the dwarf-looking dude on the uh, on the arch stone. Yeah. So the there's like a lever that people wanted that they the devs wanted you to see. So there's always when you're in proximity of it, there's always a phantom running up and pulling the lever, running past you and pulling the lever. And it was to draw attention to it. The same way that they put torches in certain areas to be like, follow the light. If you're unsure where you're going, look for the torches. They either show you a ladder that you should be going up or they show you uh, something. Or And then the next level from there is is items, hiding an item in a in plain sight that you can't get to yet. To say, hey, there's a way to get this. Maybe you should try and figure it out. And to encourage ex- exploration in that way. And then in in more specific ways, the the first fight, the asylum demon that you fight, is right before you enter the fog door is the here's how to do a plunging attack. You go through and, oh, I'm above the boss. I wonder what I could do. And so you do that plunging attack. And then Taurus Demon is the next thing you fight. And there's a tower. And they don't want you to miss the tower, so there's two archers that fire at you. Or there's an archer and another dude up there. And the archer or the crossbowman is supposed to draw your attention to the idea that, hey, there's something up here that you should that's in the boss arena that you should pay attention to. So you go up there and the idea is, all right, let's see if you remembered what you learned from asylum demon. You're above the boss. What do you do? Mm-hmm. And, and it continues from there. You can look at things like Nito's boss fight. And this happens even before that, but the idea that you need to be aware of your surroundings because there are going to be, things in this area that you don't want in the fight and how do you deal with that having to stay close to a boss that also does aoe attacks right and they and they've ramped so it up different too, things like, like that the uh you know with with the dark souls 3 like i remember when the the network test came out and those first Lothric knights that you encounter, like as soon as you tried to circle behind them, they would like bash you over the shoulder with their shield. And I was like, oh, okay. Like they knew now they're, te- they're, they're teaching you like all of those things that you learned, like that may have consequences now. Like we, we didn't know that you were going to do that to begin with in Dark Souls 1, but now like we're slowly going to ramp you up into to, that all of your, your tactics have to be adjusted now, which I think was really interesting. Like that's a, that's a good way to respond to, uh, that's a good way for a sequel to, to, to evolve right over time. I think that's kind of mm-hmm. fascinating the way mm-hmm. that they listened, listened and watched how players play and then responded to it. Yeah, precisely. And that's, so that, that to me was something that I found really incredible. And uh, I, I gained a lot of respect for the developers because of it, because I was looking at that and thinking, yeah, this is, this is a good application of game design philosophy. I mean, if you look back to even actually, this is a this is something that this is a comparison we made when we first started playing Demon Souls. Is we're like, it's like Mario. 
And the reason it's like Mario is because the enemy placement is always the same. If you're, you know, uh, like if, if you're going along a path, you're always going to encounter the same dudes and they're always going to be in the same place. And that's, you learn it. You, you learn the layout of a map as you're going. There's no, cause there's no map. So it's all about memory. It's all about re- like re- repetition and what did you learn from last time? Okay, well, now I know that if I move too far this way, I, I will also aggro this guy. Mm-hmm. And that means I'm going to have to fight him here. Or now that I know that, maybe I go there and I kill him first so I don't get aggroed, so I don't risk aggroing him during this other fight. And just that whole idea that everything is always the same. And <laughs> you know, the, the, it's the stupidest name for a movie ever that live, die, repeat. Oh yeah. I, I really um, like that movie though. <laughs> it's a great movie. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. Did you, oh, there's a sequel coming out and I think it's literally just called live, die, repeat, repeat. <laughs> live, die, repeat. Again. Or something <laughs> equally stupid. Yeah. Oh man. Like it's almost like if you had like, you know, you had like, if it was like John Wick and then John Wick again or John Wick as well, <laughs> you know, and it's like, why would you call it this? Why would, but anyhow, um, yeah, that, that movie was wonderful for that because his sort of, I, I mean, I guess I'm spoiling this movie if, uh, if this is in the podcast, but the idea that, I guess the mechanic is introduced really early in the movie, but anyhow, the idea that he's sort of reliving the same day over and over again, and he learns it the same way. I was watching the film, and I remember we were watching it in theaters, and I leaned over to to May, and I was like, it's like Dark Souls. (laughs) And she's like, oh my God. It's the, and I know this is a meme now, the whole, it's the Dark Souls of Uh, blank. But uh, this was like, oh, this is the Dark Souls of movies. <laughs> this happened and, with the, I haven't watched yeah. it yet, but there was in the last, I don't remember if it was last season or the season before that, but apparently there was an episode of Doctor Who that did some sort of variation on this. And like, literally my mentions blew up because it was like, you, you have to watch this doc. It's like the doc, it's the Dark Souls of Doctor Who episode. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay, y'all, I get it. I'll get there one day, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious, uh, over the years, like the, the aesthetic of Dark Souls has, has evolved and obviously like going from demons to dark to bloodborne, that that's changed dramatically. Um, and you yourself as an artist that's done quite a bit of Dark Souls work, like, are you, has that aesthetic to you gotten better over time? Like, are you, are you more interested in that kind of the, the, the gothic horror of bloodborne or the medieval fantasy of Dark Souls or like the weird mix in Demon Souls? Like, do you have a personal preference? Uh, I, it's always been something that, like, that idea of dark fantasy and stuff like that, like, one of, one of the things that really captured my imagination when I was younger was movies like Secret of Nim, where it was sort of this, like, really dark, cartoonish world but it was like it it felt like it this 
gritty, dark world. And I was like, this is really cool. And like the, the weird, like crow figure that, I don't know. It's like stuff like that. Like these really interesting, dark, creepy characters. And I was like, this is amazing. And then Conan uh, was another one that I just kind of was captured, absolutely enraptured by like this world, this brutal world that Conan lives in. And all of those things just really, really captured my imagination. And then when I finally came to Dark Souls and Demon Souls and stuff like that, it was, it was, um, it was a feeling of, this is wonderful. You know, it's not overtly like, it's not, I don't think Darksiders had come out at that time. Maybe it had, I don't remember when, I don't, I have a terrible memory for this stuff, so I don't remember when Darksiders had come out. It was after, it was after that first release because I remember when it came out and going like, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. But it was just, you know, that's like overtly like gritty and like, just like, I don't know. Think of like the Dante's Inferno God of War game where it's just like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Really over the top stuff. And I was just like, yeah, I mean, that's cool, but like, I really love worlds that are low fantasy or um, sword and sorcery type things. So for me, the, the worlds were, I don't know if I'm properly answering your question, by the way. The worlds were, uh, they made a lot of sense to me. And it, they, they, um, they really sort of felt aligned with my aesthetics that I, that I found, that I found out I had, I guess. Is that why you started uh, drawing Dark Souls? Or was it just like, I, I'm so obsessed with the game that even when I'm not playing it, I want to I couldn't, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Yeah. And I, I feel like I've told this story at least once a week. But, I'm uh, sure that's the, <laughs> that's the fun part about uh, being like a streamer. I'm sure people ask you that question all the time. So, yeah. well, I, I actually I was working on an emote for someone who works, uh, who does a lot of Dark Souls stuff, and and I told this story yesterday actually, <laughs> but the yeah the um, it was. It was it was crazy. Like, uh, I kind of lost my train of thought there. <laughs> Hold on. Mid sentence derailed myself by saying that I've been talking about this for uh, for a couple like well talking about this pretty consistently, and now I completely forget what it is that I've been talking about consistently. Um, yeah, basically, like. Well, now I've lost my train of thought, Carson. So now, now here we both oh, are. Because yeah. <laughs> something popped up on my phone and I have the attention span of a worm, apparently. We're just like, ooh, there's a shiny light. No, me too. <laughs> me too, yep. Um, but just mostly like uh, like starting to draw that stuff and like being obsessed with it. Yeah. And- oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, so what happened was I had started playing Dark Souls and then I couldn't stop thinking about Dark Souls. And I should really not talk about this in this way. But I mean, I don't work there anymore, so it's okay. I'm self-employed now. But 
when I was working at this establishment, it was really bad because, so I worked at, at a, a place where I was doing graphic design for a sign shop. And, you know, we have deadlines and things like that, which are very important. But also there was Dark Souls on my mind all the time. And so I would go to work and I would not be able to think about anything but Dark Souls. So then I would be like, all right, well, maybe, maybe just throw on like a YouTube video or a thing. And I think it was YouTube videos first because it was actually what brought me to Twitch was um, a, a few people, um, but it was Dark Souls speedruns or Dark Souls challenges. And the first Dark Souls challenge thing that I saw, for a lot of people, it's Lobos. For me, it was this guy called Vegeta311. Yeah, I know that dude. Mm-hmm. I used to watch him, watch this yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. I Yeah, no, me too. And he was incredible. Like I loved his, his format, his form, like the, everything. It was great. And he had a great voice for it too. It was fantastic. So I, I loved it. I loved every single part of it. So it was, it was him. And then once I started watching those kinds of things and then he talked about Twitch, the gal and, I might start streaming occasionally on here if you want to see a live stream or whatever. Or it was either that or is he, he was saying that one of his videos had been recorded live on Twitch or something. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, cool. And I had known about Justin TV and stuff and I'd sort of known about Twitch, but I'd never really interacted with the service. So I was like, okay, cool. And then... After that, it was like, it just, it just ballooned from there, but it was just constant thinking about and not being able to do anything else. Like thinking about Dark Souls and not being able to do anything else. And just like sitting there in my office being like, I can't not think about Dark Souls. I literally cannot stop thinking about Dark Souls. And I would either be watching videos or I'd be looking up stuff like, Okay, uh, there was a certain point through, through the game where I stopped wanting to be surprised by certain things. And I don't mean to say, like, I was looking up, okay, what's the next area? What are the strats on the next boss or whatever? That stuff I still like to be surprised by. But it was stuff where it was like, all right, well, maybe I want to try out a different weapon. What kind of weapon... And I'd look up some weapons and stuff, and I'd look up, like, okay, well, oh, that Black Knight halberd looks really cool. How do I get it? Oh, I have to fight one of those things to get it. And, like, little things like that, where I was just, you know, and that's when I found out about the crows. So some of the stuff I didn't organically figure out, it was going to wikis and stuff and just spending my whole day on them. But literally, I would go into work, start thinking about Dark Souls, look something up, and then it would be time to go home. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, what happened? What happened to the whole day? But what am I doing? <laughs> what happened to the entire day? I've done nothing, and I have deadlines. This is ridiculous. But that's what happened. And 
it was it was because of that it was a long-winded answer but that's the way that's the way i got into dark souls was like drawing dark souls was because i couldn't stop thinking about it and pc was coming out and i didn't want to spoil people as well like i felt like okay if i start drawing this stuff and the game has just come out or whatever it's going to be weird but also i needed to motivate myself to draw more i at the time I pretty much was making t-shirts, making silly little t-shirts, and that was about it. And I wanted to, and that was doing okay, but I mean, I, I kind of really wanted to expand my presence online because the idea was, well, you look at all these people who are like joining Twitch or they're joining, they're on YouTube, they're making some kind of content or they're you know, they're popular on Tumblr or whatever, and it's like, yeah, well, they built these communities. They started from nothing, and they had to build it up, and then their audience was there. And how do you build your audience? And I was thinking about those things, and I was thinking, okay, well, I got to consistently be putting out content. I have to crank out some work so that people know who I am. And trying to build my brand and things like that, it made sense that, hey, I'm not going to just try and start from nothing and and just sort of make this, try and make this work, I'm going to build it up. I have to build this up from, from something. So that's kind of where Dark Souls came from, was let me start drawing these things. And the, you know, these characters that I love or that I have this emotional attachment to. And... So we like the first drawing I did, I think, was actually let me see. Oh no, I don't have a I have a sketchbook that's got the majority of those first drawings. But anyhow, I I just started drawing stuff that I felt was um you know, just fun characters that I wanted to draw. I'm looking at like a like a post from five years ago. That's the mushroom people, and I feel like that that was the first one. If not the first one you did, the first yeah, one that I saw. Have, it yeah. might have been the first one that I posted. Yeah, but it was just it was it was ridiculous, like how how it started from that. And at the time, those drawings only took me 15 minutes to do, so I was cranking them out. These were these were things that I just kind of. I do like five drawings and then I just upload, I throw them all on Tumblr. Like, I think if I go to my Tumblr here, where do I, I got posts. Is there a way to go to my archive? Where, how do I find my archive? I think I have to go to actually my thing and then I have to, one second, I'll find it. <laughs> Anyhow, it, I guess specifics don't really matter. I had a very, very productive month. One month in back in 2012. And it was ridiculous because I was just churning these things out. Okay, it was... Well, it was August. That makes sense. August 2012. I just started drawing all of these things. And... I, oh, that, that's what it was. I think the first one I drew was, uh, what's his name? Uh, was this the first one? 
uh, Ingi or whatever, the, the egg person. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the chaos, the little worm dude with the chaos guy, yeah, at the chaos company. Yeah, I think that was actually the first one I drew. That might have been the first one. But at the time, I was my making these silly little t-shirts with, like, bread riding, you know, oct- an octopus riding bread and silly stuff like that. But it, they were fun and whimsical little drawings. And I wanted to try and do that same thing, but with Dark Souls. And as I was drawing them, I found it, it grew because it was, I, I became more interested in accuracy. So it was like, okay, well, yeah, it's, it's cute and fun to do this. But at the same time, Lotrek's got to look like Lotrek, and he's got to be wearing his armor. So I got to make sure that I draw the armor correct. Solaire has to look like Solaire, so I got to draw the, the, the armor correct for Solaire. And it just kind of ballooned from there. It was like, okay, well, what can I simplify? What can't I simplify? Because I need that to depict the character properly. And that actually led me into drawing things in a more detailed way. Like, I think the most detailed ones near the end of the month were things like Gwyn and the the Silver Knights and, oh, what's his name? Shiva of the East. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was Shiva. So those were the ones where I was so just, oh, they have to be accurate. They have to look exactly like who they are. And I think those were like the most detailed ones where I was really, really paying attention to all of the little details. And then afterwards, I was like, oh, I should paint these. So then I started painting all of them. And, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was all of these, these things. It just kind of started with that, where I just, I wanted to draw all the characters. and It just kind of snowballed from there. It just kind of snowballed from there. And then I was gaining traction with them, which was great. And then one day I'm, perusing youtube and i see this video by this guy vati vidya and he's got my little sigmire dude in his (laughs) in his uh in his video in the thumbnail and i'm like oh that's interesting and at the time already i was concerned about art theft and stuff so it's like okay this is really interesting i didn't really think too much about it i was just like oh cool so like more than anything, I was like, oh, cool, it's my drawing. And I go into the video and I watch the video and I'm like, hey, this is pretty good. I really like what he's talking about. And he's got like this silky smooth Australian voice that I can't stop listening to. And so from there, I was going through the comments and someone in the comments was like, hey, that's a really cool drawing. Do you know who did do you know who did the drawing for the thumbnail? And I chimed in. I was just like, okay, well, they're asking, I'm gonna answer. So I went in and I said, Hey, that was me. I did that. And it was funny because my name was Carson Druitt, so it was like, <laughs> Hey, I drew it. But <laughs> And my name is Carson. <laughs> and my name is Carson, yeah. So I answered that and 
actually I may be misremembering. I think at the time my name was uh, my like gamer handle thing, which was oh snap high five. But anyhow, I I ended up responding and saying, hey, you know, I made that, and um, and then I started immediately. Like I got a message from Vati being like, I am so sorry, I didn't, I forgot where I found this image. And I forgot where I found it from, and but I really wanted to use it for the video, so I put it in. And I was like, hey, that's no problem. Uh, if you can get, give me credit somewhere on the video, then that's cool. Or somewhere in the description, video description, that's cool. And then he realized that a lot of the drawings he liked on Tumblr, the cute little drawings that he liked on Tumblr, were by me. And he was like, hey, actually, I love these drawings you've been doing. Can I use them? for my YouTube series. Can I just use them for the rest of this YouTube series? And I was like, yeah, sure, of course. And so we got talking, we, we, uh, we figured out like pricing for something like that, where, cause a lot of these drawings were already existing and any drawings he was missing, he could just like request of me and just be like, hey, I need a drawing for this character or something. And then by the time, and so that kind of started that. And as I was drawing stuff and posting stuff, he would repost it or, or whatever it is that you do on, on Tumblr because it's been so long that I've forgotten how Tumblr works. But anyhow, <laughs> the, that Probably kind of a best. thing. <laughs> I guess so. And then, yeah, and then it was, and then suddenly there was a network test for dark souls 2 and then dark souls 2 was coming out and and uh and vati wanted my help with it so he was like hey is it cool if i work this is actually really interesting to be like scrolling through my my tumblr timeline like this because it's actually making it more tangible like oh it was at this time this happened at this time mm-hmm. that but yeah, it was around that time that I started being fully commissioned by him to do Dark Souls 2 Prepare to Cry videos. So when that was coming out and he had like a preview copy or whatever, he started talking to me about, okay, let's let's figure out what we want to do for these drawings and stuff like that so we were going through all of that and we we um he would commission me as he as he was making the videos uh okay this you know for this video i need a drawing of this character so we would draw that and then all right for this one i need a drawing of this character and around that time as well i decided i was going to do something called i called it dark souls 2 boss rush mode which was basically me just drawing all of the boss bosses in dark souls 2 it was just an excuse for me to draw all the bosses in Dark Souls 2. And around that time as well, I got contacted by Jen Denise. Okay. Who, uh, who had just gotten partnered on Twitch as a Dark Souls 2 PvPer as I was working on these things. And, um, and she was like, hey, I'm a big fan of your art, and in no small part, thanks to and his sort of signal boosting of my work. And 
she was like, I would love to have your artwork represent my channel. So first thing I did was I made panels for her. And then it was, hey, can you do emotes? I, I guess so. I've never done them before. Sure, I'll make some <laughs> emotes for you. So I did that. And then it was, let's do an offline screen, a starting soon screen and stuff like that. So I started doing that for her. And then uh, and then it was Dark Lord Sen who also wanted my work on his in his panels. And so I was like, yeah, sure. And around that time that I decided maybe I want to make some Dark Souls t-shirts. And I made Dark Souls t-shirts. And can I can I break in can I break in for a second? Because um I have your uh, bone wheel skeleton shirt. <laughs> um, from from way yeah. back when and uh i had a moment with it i uh I, i'm in outside sales so i get drugged with my customers to um restaurants that are, are not great like a like you know hooters or twin peaks or whatever because that's where a lot of my customer base wants to go to and there's nothing wrong with those restaurants they just don't taste good and the food's overpriced and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The kind of demeaning towards women but there's nothing wrong with them anyway uh i'm walking into one of these places and it's um it's like a it's a casual day so i'm like i'm with customers but i'm just wearing a t-shirt and some jeans or whatever and i'm wearing that shirt and um it's like extremely uncomfortable because there's like a sea of half naked women in this, in this place. And I'm with like a bunch of dudes that are like elbowing each other about it. And as I'm walking by, there's this guy and um, he's a bus boy and uh, he's like carrying a giant, like huge tray of, you know, dirty dishes or whatever. And he stops and he looks at me and he looks at my shirt and he looks up at me and he just like gives me the nod, like you're in the know, right? <laughs> and it was, it was possibly one of the best moments <laughs> of my life. <laughs> It was just one of those things of like, yeah, I recognize that shirt. I recognize that. I recognize who you are. Everything's cool. We're good. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> and made it all worth it. So. Nice. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I misremember. I had my timeline a little wrong. I was already making t-shirts, uh, Dark Souls t-shirts by this point, because I think my very first Dark Souls t-shirt was Artorius and Sif facing off against a bunch of A bunch of the, uh, what are they called? Ah, shoot. My brain. <laughs> I, can, um, I can never remember what stuff is called, so don't worry about it. This was Dark Souls 2 enemies, you said? Dark Souls 1. Dark Souls, Dark Souls 1 enemies. Souls 1, actually. It was the, oh gosh, what are they called? Abyss Walker. No, that's, that's, that's Artorias. I'm just looking through my hashtags here. <laughs> no. Where, dark where Wraith. Dark Wraith. Dark Wraiths. Okay. It, there's like five Dark Wraiths surrounding Artorius and Sif. And so I it started out as a commission that I'd done in 2013. And then I decided, well, later on in 2013, I decided I'm going to try and make this a shirt. And I'd already been making T-shirts in the basement, just like I taught myself how to silk screen. My dad had helped me put together the silk screen and stuff and, uh, and put together like this light box for me and stuff. And, um, and I mean the, like the, those shirts that I started with, like this, all of this stuff kind of, uh, by this point I'd been making shirts for three years and I was like, okay, I think I could do like a two-color shirt. And I wanted to convert. It started out as a commissioned piece. Someone commissioned me to do Artorias fighting some dark rays with Sif there. So I made that, and I was like, I could convert this into a T-shirt. 
so I did that and I brought it to con- to a convention and people loved it and it was hard it was backbreaking labor each shirt took me like uh, 15 to 20 minutes to make and it was like multiple passes and I was making like a hundred of them oh wow yeah jeez so it was it was ridiculous around that time I also hit like 2,000 Tumblr followers apparently <laughs> I'm just looking at this timeline still but anyhow, and then Dark Souls 2 came out and all of that stuff. But it was, uh, it was all of that stuff that just kind of snowballed me working with people on Twitch. Because then Ouroboro contacted me and Peeve contacted me and a couple other people contacted me for work. And it just kind of continued from there. Uh, I became more and more known as just the Dark Souls art guy or just one of <laughs> the Dark Souls yeah. art people because at the same time, you know, John Devlin was coming up and there's mm-hmm. all these other people doing these amazing Dark Souls drawings. I think it's hard to explain and, to people that um, weren't playing Dark Souls in 2011 or 2012 the the weird... Like everything, it felt like YouTube was brand new. It felt like Twitch was brand new. Like all that stuff existed before that, <laughs> but it felt like Dark Souls. Like I, I remember that's that was Dark Souls was my entry point into all of that stuff. Like I never watched mm-hmm, anybody mm-hmm. play a video game outside of like speed runs on YouTube's until uh, until it's like I wanted to watch. You know, oh, this person that I know is is streaming Dark Souls. Like they're doing PvP stuff, and I can just watch them do it. Like that was fascinating to me, and that was. You know, you, you talked earlier about being addicted to Dark Souls media and just, you know, watching videos or looking up stuff or, or what have you while you were at work. And I was the exact same way. Like, I would just sit down and, you know, I would spend, I would be working, but I'd also have videos up in the background just consuming all of the Dark Souls content. And then, <laughs> like, it's so weird because now it's such a, it feels like it's such a part of gaming culture. Like, Twitch has grown up so dramatically and like has all these like weird things that I don't really understand, like bits and subs and all this other stuff. And like, but back then it was just, Hey, come watch some people play dark souls. I'm not saying that it's better or worse now. I'm not, I don't want to get into that argument, but it's just none of that stuff existed back then. And it felt all new and fresh for some reason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How does, um, yeah, definitely. how does, is being known as the kind of, you know, the Dark Souls art guy, does that does that change the way that you approach the games? Like when Dark Souls 3 or Bloodborne came out, uh, I've been following like the, the many deaths of Bobby <laughs> on, on, on Twitch, <laughs> which has been really, which is, for those that don't know, it's just, you know, every I, I think every time you die, you, you kind of draw the scenario in which your character Bobby died, which is really hilarious. Like there's been some really great, and a really great concept for, a, you know, like not an LP, but like for a, you know, for an artist stream. But does that change, like, does that idea that, hey, I'm going to be making art on this, these things that I'm seeing, does that change the way that you approach or play the game at all? A little bit. There's, I mean, it's the it's been most apparent with Dark Souls 3. Uh, but it started with Dark Souls 2, the Dark Souls 2 DLC, was when I was doing the Bosra stuff, and then uh, we finally got to DLC content, and I needed to draw these, the, the bosses. And I'd already been streaming at this point. But I, I just wanted to see the boss to know how to draw them. Because the whole thing was always, I, I'm not going to draw something that I'm not familiar with. Because so, I, as I was doing these things and growing on, on Tumblr, people were asking me to do drawings of this or that. Or, hey, have you drawn any, have you 
Can you do a drawing of like a character from One Piece, or can you do a drawing of someone from this, you know, from this game or this anime or this whatever? And usually my response was, I'll try, but usually I say no to this because I'm if I'm not familiar with the thing, I don't want to be trying to represent it in some way because my fear is that I misrepresent it in some way. Like if I draw a character that's normally really timid and whatever, but I just look at pictures of them and like, oh, you know, I'm just going to draw them really cocky and, you know, flexing or something weird like that. And it's just so against what the character is. And I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to accidentally do something like that. So for me, it was always, I need to understand what it is I'm drawing before I draw it. So when it came to these boss fights or these boss drawings, it was, okay, well, I just need to see the boss and I need to understand the boss, how it moves, what the boss fight is like. And because I felt pressed for time and the only thing I was drawing Dark Souls at the time. I wasn't branching out and drawing anything else. Any personal work, it was just like Dark Souls, Dark Souls, Dark Souls. Because I felt like that was the content people wanted. So uh, when I was on Twitch, when I first started on Twitch, it was just, I'm drawing Dark Souls bosses. And that was it. And also because creative didn't exist on Twitch, I was drawing under the Dark Souls category. I was drawing under Dark Souls 2 or Dark Souls 1, depending on what I was drawing. But I was drawing in that category, and it, the gaming content, would, like the TOS was basically as long as it's gaming related. And every once in a while, I'd get someone come in and be like, hey, this isn't gaming content. You're, this isn't the game. You're drawing something. Thank, <laughs> thanks, Internet. Like, yeah, but I'm drawing from the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was just, it, it was, it was kind of silly that that was happening, but. I I ended up talking to like talk uh like convincing either May or one of my friends to come over and play the game that I was drawing things from. So like one of the very first videos on my Twitch, my original Twitch page, because um, I'd like rebranded and then whatever but my and it's still up on twitch we highlighted them which makes them like permanent mm. but <clears throat> is i have my friend playing dark souls 2 in the corner of the screen and then me drawing i remember that dark yeah souls 2 absolutely at the same time and people would come in and they're like hey this is really unique content this is cool i've never yeah. seen anyone do this before and i i was worried at first and i never once had it happen where someone would come in, I was worried that someone would come in and be like, why is the game content so tiny and you're drawing so big? Like, there was never this, hey, I'd rather see the game than what you're drawing. It was always coming in and like, this is cool because I can watch the game and watch you draw at the same time. So it was it was from doing that that, that, that I felt pressured to pursue like to draw to churn these out real quick and it's like okay 
well, we got to get in the DLC. I know it's going to take me hours to get through this DLC. Uh, from everything I've experienced, I'm going to die a lot exploring and dying in this DLC. And to this day, I actually, and it, it's, it's kind of, it sucks, but um, I've never by myself explored and experienced Dark Souls 2 DLC. Like the, uh, the three different like dungeons mm-hmm. or whatever. Because of the stream and for, for stuff like that, I actually ended up just having one of my viewers or one of my mods actually carry me through the DLC to every single boss fight so I can just stand in the boss arena, dodge all the attacks, and just take screenshots or just stare at the boss and be like, okay, this is the attacks they do. This is the kind of behavior that they have. They're either really aggressive or there's this weird mechanic where if you haven't like extinguished these things with these spikes, you know, he can heal <laughs> like those things heal him or whatever. And, you know, different things like that. So I was like learning about the bosses through that and it sucks, but at the same time, it's what allowed me to, it, I had unique content on Twitch and it also allowed me to produce the drawings. Uh, and with Bloodborne, I didn't do that. With Bloodborne, I, I made sure I played a bunch of it and just, I didn't want to, I didn't give myself that sort of boss rush mode format. And by then I think I was also drawing other stuff in between, but it was just like, okay, I, we're just going to draw some, some Bloodborne stuff. And I just pick like cherry pick NPCs and stuff. And uh, but now we're at Dark Souls three, and I actually still haven't finished Dark Souls three. <laughs> not only have I not finished the Sausage Bobby drawings, Sausage Bobby, I've that's also, what it was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I've also not finished the game. I'm further ahead than Sausage Bobby is, mm-hmm. but I have not finished the game yet. So I think in the game... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I think in the game, I'm just after the dancer. Okay. That's about the halfway point of the game, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, there are some, like, optional bosses that I've already killed. Okay. Um, But, uh, but yeah. I'm curious, since you're only, like, that far into Dark Souls 3, like, with all of the the stuff around from software right now where, you know, we're getting the remaster in a, in a couple of months. And then mm-hmm. uh, we have the shadows dot twice trailer, not really a trailer, like the teaser that came out, uh, but all the speculation around what that could be like, what um, if you had your, you know, your one wish could come true and it was not the next from software game. Like what would you want to see out of that studio now? Like what would you want to see going forward? I don't know. I, I definitely don't want sequels. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, Anything from them, that's it's a weird thing to say. I mean, I I guess I used to be that I haven't changed because, and a lot of people don't change in this way. But you know, I used to be such a such a SquareSoft or Square Enix fanboy that it was like, okay, well, they put out a game, they put out a Final Fantasy, I'm going to play it, and it was that kind of a thing. But it's, it's that kind of a thing, but with From Software, where 
I'm interested in anything they put out. If they're going to put out a game, I'm going to play it. Or at least purchase it and play a bit of it and then realize either it's totally my thing or not for me. Uh, but if it's within the Dark Souls, like the Souls format, I'm probably going to play the, the hell out of it. And the only thing I don't want to see is sequels. That's like my only stipulation is don't make a sequel. I have no interest in a Bloodborne 2. I just want more. <laughs> you know, I just exactly, want more. Yeah. And if it's different, that's great. So I think that's a pretty common, common theme. Yeah. Like I ask this question to every guest and, um, I, I get invariably, I get like one of two answers. Although there's been some, someone once told me that they wanted like a dark souls idol game, which I thought was kind of fascinating. So I keep bringing it up, but, uh, most people, see, most people either <laughs> say like dark souls in space or, uh, I don't care. And I want anything that from software puts out. So I think that's, that's a pretty common thing now. And I'm, I'm yeah, kind of there with you. Like, isn't it? Even if it was a sequel, like I don't really particularly want Bloodborne two, but if they did that, that'd be like, okay, cool, yeah, whatever, I'll buy it. And I, you know, as much as you know, there's some issues with Dark Souls three uh, where I, I didn't enjoy it as much as the previous ones. Like I probably it would have taken to like Dark Souls six or seven before I'm like, okay, I'm not going to buy this on release. Like I'm I'm just in that much, mm. right? <laughs> so well, I remember we were worried about that when it was like Dark Souls two. No, wait, was it? Dark? I don't know. There was like. There were two years where it was like we got a release and then another release, and but it was just because there were two team, there were multiple teams mm-hmm. at that point, and it was kind of like I remember the the discussion online was, please don't turn Dark Souls into like a Call of Duty thing where every year you put out another iteration of some sort of thing, but uh, again that's be or like Assassin's Creed same thing where it's all practically every year there's a an assassin's creed game or a call of duty game or a battlefield game or an nfl game <laughs> you know but like it's just that made me makes more sense but like just i was like please don't turn that and turn my souls games into that <laughs> yeah I don't, don't, please don't call a duty if i you know my souls games because i love them so much yeah exactly and it was so it was just that it was is um it, it was, yeah, like, I, I think, okay, so more specifically, I guess, yeah, I think seeing them tackle the sci-fi genre would be interesting. I would also like to see them play around with, um, I don't know, like, not exactly... Like, I really love the aesthetic of Bloodborne. I love the world. I love the, the sort of... The, the mix of Lovecraftian stuff with, like... With uh, sort of, like... Oh, what's, what's that genre? With, like, werewolves and... Just, like... Or just, like... Uh, kind of just, like, straight-up monster horror, right? Like, that, 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 you know, yeah, that universal yeah. monster kind of idea. Like, you know mummies and vampires and frankensteins and yeah and i mean like if if you want to think about it this way dark souls is the best 3d castlevania yeah absolutely mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and um and that's great 
it's kind of everything that I think people wanted out of like a Castlevania game. <laughs> <laughs> it is in a lot of ways. Except it, for like the whips. a three dimensional Castlevania game. It just so took them a while. It just took them a while to get like good working whips in the games. So and now, now that they have yeah. that, I'm totally okay with it. <laughs> Well, Carson, yeah. thank you very much for, for guesting on the podcast. This has been an absolute yeah, blast. Sure. I know uh, this, uh, this went long. <laughs> no, 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 no. This, I, I like it when they, when they go long. Uh, I, I mentioned this at the start of the podcast, but I, I've been a fan of yours for a long time. So it was, it was, it's really awesome to be able to kind of talk to you and like kind of hear your story about Dark Souls and everything because it's, it's just been really fun. Like, and it's, yeah. if, uh, if anybody hasn't, definitely go check out your streams. I think it's just Carson Druid on Twitch, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely go check out Carson's streams because they're, they're really fun. I, uh, it's I, like, I've never really watched somebody draw before. Like it was just one of those things like you don't really do until, cause it would feel weird if I saw a dude in real life drawing, I just walked over and like pooped my head over his shoulder for 45 minutes. <laughs> but with Twitch, I don't have to feel weird <laughs> doing that. Um, so definitely go check that stuff out. It's, it's really good. Where else can you be found on the internet? I know you do the Twitch stuff, uh, but where, where else are you nowadays? Uh, a lot of, so I'm on Instagram, same thing, everything across the board. It's Carson. Okay, so just anything dot com or dot tv slash. Yeah, if you Druid. if you just type in Carson Druid and then a thing, you might find me. Uh, now I'm historically terrible at social media, which is why I can pretty much only handle like one and a half social medias at once. So like right now it's Twitter, I guess, and then occasionally I'll post a thing on Instagram, or occasionally I'll post a, you know, I'll check Discord. Like I have a discord server and i tell people if you never want to talk to me join my discord <laughs> <laughs> because really i'm funny. never there i'm literally never there i just started a uh, a a discord server for this podcast like it was um I really just did it because the Return to Yarn event, event was happening and I wanted kind of an easy place. I thought my idea was like, hey, I'm going to pull people onto a stream and then I'll just like chat with Don't Give Up Skeleton Guest and play Bloodborne and uh, just mm-hmm. life got in the way and I didn't do it. But So I just went ahead and made it like a Discord for the podcast and uh, it's, it's, it's a fun place to hang out, but it is like... I, it, I realized after like oh I've just created a lot more work for myself like now I ha- now I'm going to that Discord <laughs> to like check and now and I think like everyone in this podcast that I've, I've had on the podcast has been extremely cool but like just like kind of casually worried it's the internet and it's an open invite so like somebody's going to come in and say something horrible or, or whatever <laughs> so it's just weird how that stuff works out yeah <laughs> no for sure it's well uh, thank you again for guesting I, I really appreciate it and uh, I'll have links to all of your, your various social medias that you choose to ignore in the show notes so if anybody wants to, to go click on those you can do so now thank you again and I really appreciate it yeah no thank you this was fun as always I've been your host Jeremy Greer you can find me on Twitter at JG Greer you can find the podcast at don'tgiveupskeleton.com uh, there's a Patreon at don'tgiveupskeleton as well so you can go check that out uh, I think this is the first one I've recorded since I put t-shirts up so uh, check the link in the show notes. I actually have uh, a T-shirt of this little skeleton logo if you want to go check that out. Thank you for everybody sending me pictures of you wearing T-shirts. That's something that I never, ever, ever thought would happen, and it's so amazing to see it happen. It's really, really cool. Uh, thank you for the recent iTunes reviews. Those help us help me out a lot because they kind of boost the podcast up and help people find it, so I really appreciate those. And more importantly, just thank you for listening. It's extremely awesome that you guys are enjoying the show. Uh, thank you again to Carson for, for guesting. And remember, everyone, don't give up skeleton. <laughs> cool. That's it. We're good. That's cool that people have been sending me pictures.